Hi, I'm David Kaplan, and you're listening to the Sports Talk Live podcast. Enjoy the show. The two newest Blackhawks make their debuts on NBC Sports Chicago tonight. Dylan Strome, Brendan Perlini take their first shifts in the Windy City as they welcome the Las Vegas Golden Knights to Chicago. Blackhawks pregame live drops the puck on our coverage, bottom of the hour. Then it's an early 7 p.m. game time on NBC Sports Chicago and that My Teams app you need to download. Sports Talk Live on location at the United Center. Blackhawks, Authentic Fan Night. Make sure to share your Blackhawks fandom using the hashtag Authentic Fan, and your photos might be showing during tonight's game. We'll get the festivities started right now. And welcome in here to the United Center. Nice crowd on hand. Vegas Golden Knights skate into Chicago. And this is Sports Talk Live, brought to you as always by the Chevy Silverado. I'm David Kaplan. We have David Haw. He's one half of the Mully and Haw Show on the score. Also writes for the Chicago Tribune. Charlie Rumeliotis from NBC Sports Chicago. See, I get that perfect now. Nice job, King from WGN Radio, where he's their Blackhawks insider. All right, Blackhawks and the Las Vegas Golden Knights, who were the storybook team yep. a year ago. Blackhawks, though, in transition, making a big trade. So two In kids transition, make their- that's a good way to put it. I think this year is in all about transition. Big trade, a lot of excitement, curiosity tonight. I think Dylan Strom is, is a guy who has a lot of focus on him tonight because of what we – you know, saw that you give up Nick Schmaltz, you want to see something in return. In the former number three overall pick. He's got some skill. Can he skate? You know, can he, is he going to play at that pace that they need him to play at? A lot of curiosity, Charlie. Right. I do think you're adding two top nine forwards, but there's certainly a lot of question marks with both players. Obviously, Nick Schmaltz, they were hoping he could be that second line center of the future. Uh, he gets dealt to Arizona. So in a way, it feels like they... They were kind of replenishing losing Vinny Hinestroza in the Marion Hosa deal where they're trying to get back the, the top nine four that they lost in Hinestroza and, and bringing uh, Stroman Perlini on board. I think this trade's even a win if Perlini can just be a bottom six guy, if he can contribute there. So he's really fast, supposed to have a great shot. So not only if you get top six minutes out of him, but if you can play uh, in some depth too. And, and Strom, you know, the scout reports on him were just kind of to be wary of his speed, kind of like David alluded to. Could get a little faster. And look, if he needs to get faster, maybe you can see Jonathan Taves' trainer who uh, really works some some wonders with him. Taves the, the is fine one, this year. The one thing you wonder is that Nick Schmaltz had some value around the league. This is a guy who's going to be a star in the NHL, I think. He wasn't fitting in at the Blackhawks. They didn't know if they'd be able to sign him at his price but if he has some value why not go get a defenseman you're going that to was need my a question i was just going to ask it you need backline help and you don't get a defense they think they're going to get it next year they think they're going to get in their prospects like uh bodine like ian mitchell what happened to win now i mean i think a little more realistic i, I think, now. I think you're right well, hold on a second we were told at a press conference yeah. less than two and a half weeks, weeks ago, ago that's a playoff team yeah. and it was coaching that was the issue I don't think that's no, Yeah, we were told last year that all these young guys are going to take over, all, all the young forwards, and they're all gone now. They're now, Stan Bowman gone. said this morning, we interviewed him on the radio, that, you know, obviously Connor Murphy's coming back. That's one way to address it. That's going to help. Look, you need more than Connor Murphy. Given his past, that's not a guy who you trust necessarily. Right. I mean, well, you look at the trades they're making. These aren't trades that scream short-term moves. Like, these are longer-term moves while also addressing short-term needs. So uh, I don't buy the whole this is a – their playoff or bust yeah. like I still think this is the team that's looking at the long term so I think that puts it all into perspective when you look at this trade here's our Ankin Law Sports Talk live poll question go to NBCSportsChicago.com slash vote 
Did the Schmaltz trade improve the Chicago Blackhawks? Again, NBCSportsChicago.com slash vote. I don't know if it did. Well, I think it Maybe? did. I, I think Charlie's right. I think it improved the Blackhawk organization. I think it improved their roster over the long term. I don't think it improved their ability to make the playoffs this season. I don't think that's realistic. Yeah, I, I think it's way too early to tell, too, because this move wasn't made like, okay, these two players are top nine forwards. Let's go out and, and make a playoff put. Like, this is, okay, we got two young players and two former first-round picks, a number three overall pick, a potential future second-line center. Like, this is, this is going to show dividends down the road, not necessarily this season. So it's way too early to tell. It strengthens the team overall. Yeah, I don't know how good their playoff chances were before, but I guess you could say it increased them a little bit. You're not just getting two young forwards that are ready to play now. They're going to grow uh, with experience, with minutes. But Dylan Strom, uh, 6'1". I think Perlini's 6'3". So you're getting some big guys, and you need a big guy up the middle. And, and Strom, I think he's like 58% on the dot in he, faceoffs. He's also played with Debrinket in the past in the OHL. I mean, maybe that's the chemistry between those two guys will be something to watch. If those two guys play with Patrick Kane, what a, what a line that is for, in terms of the, you know a firepower offensively. Yeah, I think there will be a big comfort level there. I don't necessarily think you can make Dylan Strom faster, which is his biggest knock, but if he can play with Alex Dabrinkit and maybe it can feel like they're back in the OHL again, making that yeah, match. Except there's, no, except there's no Connor McDavid for the third guy <laughs> they on that well, line. They, the line. Yeah. yeah, well, they never really played on the line together. They played on the power play, so it was I think it was Taylor Radish on the wing, so not necessarily a, a the worst thing. I think it was really the magic was between Dabrinkit and Strom. Well, I think the lesson to be learned with Schmaltz getting traded is, you know, you don't, he was fast, but you don't have to be super fast. You're going to be a depth center or even if a number two guy, just go north and south. That's what the organization wanted him to do. They wanted say, him to go north and south, they wanted him to shoot yeah, more, and he didn't do that. That was My disappointment was in losing Nick Schmaltz. I liked him as a player. He could do some things with the puck. He was dynamic. I wanted to see him grow up as a Blackhawk because he couldn't, he wouldn't shoot the puck. He wouldn't shoot at at the net he was a dynamic passer but he didn't do enough i'm sorry that he's gone and he'll develop elsewhere but reportedly he turned down a very substantial contract thing and he could get even more the day he got on that plane to fly to arizona he had two stinking goals that's it yeah, yeah i mean there's no doubt about that he underachieved this season yeah i don't know if his biggest knock is whether he can shoot it for whether the mentality was it. i don't know if he fully understands how good he can be yet because the chemistry that Kane and Panarin had, they Patrick Kane talked about it and said, Nick Schmaltz is the guy that I want to develop this chemistry with. And and I don't think Schmaltz ever realized how good he can be because he's always deferred to Patrick Kane and he's been too respectful of it. And and Patrick Kane had this problem too when he was a young player. He was always a pass-first guy. And then when he developed this 50-50 shoot-pass mentality, he became the most dangerous player in the league. So that's what Nick Schmaltz is still struggling to realize. What did you guys make of the knock that he did? his compete level could have improved, that it wasn't where they wanted it to be? Schmaltz's? Yeah. Well, I, I think that's accurate. I mean, I don't think it was a secret that the organization wanted him to shoot more and, and wanted him to play north-south. We've heard Edzo say it on this channel. Did he there, play there hard enough? Did he play hard enough for their liking? I guess not. You know, from their standpoint, to the fact that he's gone, I would say they didn't think so. I think his work ethic on the ice was fine, but off of it, I don't think he put in a lot of effort that needs to be there. Like That's Patrick pretty damning. Kane. I mean, if you can't do that as a professional athlete. So what is the realistic ceiling for this team this year? Realistic. Not what you hope they can be. What do you think they can be? Boy, I, I think they're just on the outside looking in. You know, they're not going to be a top they're not going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to probably flirt with respectability. They're going to compete for probably two periods a, a night, but I just don't think they're going to have enough depth and quality defense that to, to be able to 
get where you want to yeah, be. They're getting good goaltending from Corey Crawford and, and Cam Ward. Yeah, I think at best they're a bubble team. Uh, these Western Conference games, like if they win three in a row in the next, like they're back into the playoff mix, and then they can lose three in a row, and they're still like, oh well, they're only three, four points away. So like they'll always be maybe in contention. At some point, though, at the end of the season, they're just going to be like, okay, this is what they are. They're a good team for 40, 45 minutes, and then they have these defensive lapses that they're just going to cost them. I agree. They're not playing a full 60 minutes, like they said. Uh, you know, I think they are seeing some improvement under Jeremy Carlton. They're only 3-4-2 and two now under him, but that's kind of that, that record's improved upon. You can see their play is improving. They're kind of getting the message and getting the tweaks that they're supposed to make. So I think you'll see more development with his system, but I think they're going to be a bubble team regardless. What are they doing better? with Jeremy Carlton as a head coach. Are they just responding more, a little more urgency? What what do you think overall you've seen the improvement? I think they, you know, they were told to focus on things like playing away from the puck. Uh, when, when you're strong away from the puck, you're going to get possession. When you get that possession, that's when you can make these fancy plays and Patrick Kane get you the puck or, or, or he can score. So I think that, I, I think just focusing on some of the little things has kind of raised their compete level. Henry yeah. Yoki Yar, who had a healthy scratch the other night. Yeah, it, it's not something that he's probably used to. He's, he's that been a was real, that was surprising. Yeah, was that a message? And is it, is he a coach, Colleton, that will send a message to young players and try to make it that way? Yeah, I don't know if it was a message towards Henry. I think it was just okay. He he maybe caught lightning in a bottle here for the first twenty games. He's certainly one of their best six defensemen. So I definitely don't think it was. Hey, you're out of the rotation because you're not playing well. I think it's just okay. Let's re reset this. 19-year-old kid has just went through a coaching change. He's still trying to get a feel for the NHL game. Let's maybe uh, he can go to the press box and look at what the, the Hawks are doing from uh, afar. In terms of Corey Crawford, how would you grade him in the time he's been back? Because for me, he's been a solid B+. My goodness, Cap. I'm surprised. I don't know if yeah. you guys are, but look. I am. The expectation level that he had, he came in after that long layoff, and it looks like he didn't miss a beat. He looks like the same, and he doesn't have his, the strong defenseman in front of him and yet he's still playing at that high level. I've been very impressed. He's been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I agree. I, his save percentage doesn't look like it was last season early on, but like you look at every, every Blackhawks game, and the Hawks could allow six or seven goals, and Corey Crawford is not any of the pro like It's just like, oh, well, there's a glaring turnover that led to the goal, and Corey Crawford couldn't do anything. I give him an A just for the fact that he's, he came back and hasn't missed a beat. I mean, he had a serious head injury last year. He missed most of the season. So that in itself is, is kind of a miracle, I think. And, and given what he's had in front of him and the adjustments being made, he's, he's been playing very well. And they've had a couple goalie wins. They have had a couple goalie wins where he's been. They've had some games where they lost, and I felt like, wow, they were only in the game because Corey was outstanding. Right. So... We'll see how things work out. Cam Ward's also proven to be a yeah. pretty solid signing. Would yeah. you agree, guys agree? Yeah, sure. I think early on until, you know, Corey Crawford came to where he could able to play, Cam Ward was very good. All right. We got to take our first time out here on Sports Talk Live. When we come back, we'll talk to that young man. Dylan Strom is going to join us. He came over in a trade. His brother, also an AHL player, traded less than two weeks before him. We'll get into all of that next. For Chicago Sports Talk with Sizzle, crank up the heat and turn on STL. Host David Kaplan brings his no-nonsense opinion to the table every weeknight on the topics that are trending with our teams. Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado, weeknights at 6 on NBC Sports Chicago. Blackhawks fan text lottery to Beahawks now for a chance to win a pair of tickets and a meet and greet with Coach Jeremy Culleton before the game, courtesy of the Illinois Lottery. That's lottery to 242957 and be sure to watch the drawing in the second period of tonight's game. 
Thursday before the Blackhawks take on the Jets. Join NBC Sports Chicago for a special edition of Blackhawks pregame live presented by Coors Light on location from Smoke Daddy in Wrigleyville. Coverage begins at 6.30 on NBC Sports Chicago. All right, Blackhawks make a big trade. Nick Schmaltz is now playing out in Arizona. Blackhawks bring two players back. One of those, Dylan Stroman, he joins me here on Sports Talk Live. First of all, Dylan, welcome to Chicago. I'm sure it's been a whirlwind time. What is it like now coming to the Chicago Blackhawks? Yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty crazy, uh, 24 hours. Um, obviously, I was in shock, but... Uh, you know, I found out it was Chicago. I was really excited and I'm uh, just couldn't wait to get here and, and uh, so they played Vegas first game at home. So I was obviously very, very fired up for that and I'm um, looking forward to tonight. So I'm reading about you and I come across an article in the New York Post in the last day and it's your brother Ryan who was traded a little less than two weeks before you were traded and he said, pretty weird. He said, I get traded, and then somebody comes up and goes, guess what, your brother's getting traded to Chicago. We're both in orig original six teams now. What is that like to have him go through it just before you did? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think it's harder on my family than anyone. Uh, I know they're cheering for four different teams in the span of, I think, a week and a half, so... Um I don't know. I think for for him, it's just uh, it's a good opportunity for him to go to New York and and help uh, you know a pretty good team already uh, going forward. So I know he's excited about it. And uh, you know, then for me, I think I've never been traded before, um, never in junior or anything. He got traded in junior and once in the NHL already. So I feel like he's he's a little bit more uh, more known to it. But uh, you know, this is obviously a shock for me. And, and uh, you know, traded traded is something that uh, has never happened before for for myself. So um, just trying to adjust to it. And uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. But uh, you know, I'm really excited to, to be in Chicago. So you have history with Alex DeBrinket, and the, the guy they call the cat has been a big hit here in Chicago. What do you look forward to most about having chemistry with him? Yeah, he's uh, you know he's a heck of a player. Uh, he's one of my best friends. We we kept in contact uh, you know our first year in pro each, and uh, you know we're we're real good friends. So um, we're just gonna try to uh, you know build that chemistry here, and, and hopefully it goes well. He's uh, a guy that uh, can really can really score a lot of goals, and uh, you know loves to score. So um, hopefully I can help him help set him up, and uh, you know it should be should be good for everyone. All right, so I need a good awkward like wow, I can't believe that Dylan just told that story about Alex DeBrinket. Uh, you know, he's honestly a pretty, uh, he's a pretty, pretty even keel guy. He doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't do too many, too many wild things. I think the one thing that he does that's a little bit weird is, um, no, he loves pop for some reason. He just like, he likes pop and you know, he's, uh, he's obviously very focused on his nutrition, but something when it comes to pop, he's just, um, no, it's just this is thing like he can crush a you know a sprite right before bed and and be f completely fine and just go to sleep. So I guess that that's one thing that that I would say it's uh, it's a little bit different. So you're pr he's probably a fairly boring guy to be around, right? <laughs> uh, I think he's kind of funny, but and I guess some people might think he's boring. <laughs> now you also had another line mate. I think he's a decent hockey player by the name of Connor McDavid. What is it like to be, I mean, you're highly drafted. The Cat is a stud player here in Chicago. But that guy, Connor McDavid, is ridiculous. What was that line like? 
Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, no, that was uh, my second year in junior and, and, and Alex's first year. So, uh, you know, Connor pretty much tore up the entire league. I think he had 120 points in 40 games or something like that. So um, that was pretty spectacular what he did. And to get to watch him every day was, was pretty special. So um, no, we got to play. I got to play with him on the power play and Alex got to play with him on, the, on a regular basis. So uh, I know it was pretty cool to just learn from from a guy like that and um, you know, have him become one of your best friends. So uh, that's also cool. And um, obviously what he's doing in the NHL is, is not surprising to us, but might be surprising to other people. But it's it's uh, pretty cool to watch. All right, so you get traded over here. And, you know, I always ask different athletes in different sports, you walk into the locker room, whose locker room is it? Obviously that answer here belongs to Jonathan Taves. Was he one of the first guys that you dealt with? And what is it like? dealing with a guy with his leadership resume yeah he's uh, one of the first guys I met uh, I know there's a bunch of older guys here that uh, you know kind of came up right away and, and said hello and, and welcome to the city and um, we actually got there as, as everyone was kind of going on the ice for practice so met, met, met most of the guys on the ice actually just said you know how's it going and then uh, kind of got to know them a little bit better after practice so um, yeah obviously coming in with a guy with a guy like that who's who's done what he's done in this league is, is pretty special and um, obviously he's he's what every team can wants as their first line center so um, no if I can you know try to emulate some things that he does and and, and uh, you know, help them be a you know a good centerman uh, down the road. I think that's uh, only going to be beneficial for for myself and for Chicago. Last one, the one thing you go, I got to be better at that when I get to Chicago. What is it? I think uh, producing. I think. You know, it's obviously uh, what every player wants to do is help the team win and, and help the team score and, and uh, you know, set up plays. So um, I want to, you know, whatever it is, I think it's, uh, you know, you know, getting more chances and, and uh, you know, just helping the team win. I think that, that would be the, the biggest thing. Um, you know, we obviously didn't win, you know, too much in Arizona when I was playing and when I was there. So um, I want to turn that around here and help the team win. So that would be the one thing. Appreciate your time and best of luck here in the Windy City. Thank you very much. All right, we will have one more segment here on our Sports Talk Live show from the concourse at the United Center in advance of Blackhawks and Vegas Golden Knights. Mitchell Trubisky a topic, and Zach Levine took another bad shot. We'll be right back. <laughs> Get all of your Blackhawks news in the palm of your hand with the My Teams app by NBC Sports, the best place to stream the games, watch highlights, read articles, and more. Download the My Teams app today. Do you know someone who's a Blackhawks authentic fan? We want to hear from you. Share your stories and nominate a Blackhawks super fan for their chance to become our next authentic fan of the game. Enter at NBCSportsChicago.com slash Blackhawks AF. Yeah. All right, last night, a one-point lead. Zach Levine's got the ball in his hands with 24 seconds to go. He's going to let the clock tick down. Now here comes Fred Hoiberg screaming, get up here and screen. Wendell Carter no. comes to set the screen. Zach Levine no. says, no, beat it. I don't want to scream. No. And this is the shot they don't get. Don't do it. Not even Not even iron. close. You can't do that. Look, I understand that you. they're not in that position without Zach Levine. But you've got to know better. You've got, you can't wave off your coach. You can't wave off your teammate. Take the ball to the basket, get fouled, or dunk it because that's what you're capable of doing. If he wasn't explosive going to the rim, it'd be a different story. Yeah, you can't wave off the defender and then pull up from three. If you're going to do that, you got to drive the lane because there was so much open, open space. He said that he did not want to get double teamed. Well, if you read the play and he comes to double me, somebody's open. 
You can't yeah. cover them all. The whole lane is somebody. open, too, if, if he doubles. So read it and make the correct pass. Trust your teammates. Trust your you know, teammates. Obviously, they're That's shorthanded. That's what LeBron does. LeBron will get criticized for not taking the shot yeah. because he makes the correct basketball He's a smart play. player. Smart player. Zach Levine is a smart player, but he's also inexperienced. He hasn't had many of those moments as LeBron, as the guys who were closers. Part of being a good, good closer is making the right basketball play. Agreed. That was not the right basketball play. Agreed. If he wanted the shot, didn't he take too long to take it with that little time left on a running clock? I mean, he's just kind of casually dribbling. You usually want to make that move around seven seconds, so there's time for a rebound or a foul. And still, Ryan Archidiak, Akino, yeah, almost bailed him out. Right. They stole the ball at the end, and he threw it up in the corner, and it just came up short. So Bulls are tough to watch. Here's the final I mean, yeah. seconds. All they've got to do is get it in bounds. Diakono steals it. Now the ball's loose, and he lets it go at the buzzer. Diakono had a very good game. 22 almost, points. Almost was the hero. But when you're relying on guys like that to bail you out, you know where you are as a basketball team. Yep, no question That's why they it. have five wins. No, that's exactly what. Right. Now they're going to get Lowry Markkinen back next week, and we'll see how things work I out. I guarantee you this. Maybe not guarantee, but. He's not going to be, Zach Levine's not going to be waving off Laurie in a situation like that. Absolutely not. You know. Absolutely not. All right. Yep. Before we get out of here, Mitchell Trubisky will get an update from Matt Nagy tomorrow around 11.45 yeah. or so. Do you expect him to play against the New York Giants? I do until you hear otherwise. Look, he's a football player. There's some risk involved in every time you go out in the field. But based on what we know about the injury to this point, he should be okay. If he's okay, you play him. Regardless of how well Chase Daniel played against the Lions, he's still your starting quarterback. You, this is a trap game. You want your offense clicking on all cylinders. He's part of that. But you know, David, a lot of guys, especially football players, will say, I'm okay, and they're not okay. It, you know, seeing how they did without him against the Lions, you're, you're playing a team that's 3-8, and eight, maybe let him sit again if he's, if he's borderline. I don't know. I, I mean, I, if the doctor clears him for me, he plays. If the doctor says, ah, he can go, but it's 50-50, different story. But if the doctor walks into Matt Nagy and says, coach, it's up to him how he feels, but we've cleared him, he can play. He's going to want to play. And he plays. And, right. you know, they're not going to take any risk with the franchise quarterback. So they're going to be responsible. And if he's cleared, you're right, Cap. Then you play him. You don't worry about the risk involved because there's risk every time you take the field. No question. Yeah, and about well, it. what are the chances that he aggravates the shoulder injury? Like you got to make sure he's 100 percent, right? He's not battling. You're through not going to be 100 percent. Well, that's his throwing shoulder. It's not like it's his left shoulder they where he's clear. Can... Him, he plays. Yeah. All right, we got to roll. Yeah. We've got Blackhawks pregame live coming up, and then the Blackhawks and the Vegas Golden Knights right here on NBC Sports Chicago. Back in the studio tomorrow. We'll see you. Have a great night. Your Bulls, your way, anywhere, anytime. Download the My Teams app by NBC Sports. Stream games and get the best Bulls coverage in Chicago at your fingertips. Download the My Teams app today.